This is an Eva Burrows College podcast. The content covered here is intended for students enrolled in Eva Burrows College courses and is part of a larger learning context. We hope you enjoy this podcast. Today I'm joined by Robin Underwood, Practice Specialist at Moneycare Salvation Army. And Robin has uh, extensive experience. She's 20 years in the industry, which by my maths means that she's been in the financial counselling sector since I've been at school. So that <laughs> might give away my age and hers. Uh, very experienced FC, a number of supporting roles and yeah, very excited to have you join us, Robin. So thanks for coming. Thank you, Jono, for um, having me. Yes, I'm very excited to share some tips with you and some um, guides that will, will help you um, along your journey with financial counselling. That's beautiful. So, yeah, as I said, my name is Jono. I'm a, a trainer and assessor at Eva Burrows College and hoping that uh, this will become a little bit of a regular conversation between uh, Moneycare and Eva Burrows as we look at some of these key areas of financial counselling. Today, we want to talk about boundaries, Robin, and I want to start by hearing what your understanding of financial counselling boundaries is and why are boundaries important? Mm, really good topic, uh, Jono, and a, a very important one. Look, boundaries, professional boundaries help ensure the safety of everybody, of both the financial counsellor and the client. Boundaries help to create a safe space uh, for everybody. They help to build respect between two parties and help you to engage with people in a professional manner. It's primarily the responsibility of the financial counsellor to set and uphold these professional boundaries. Uh, it'll provide clients with clear guidelines as to how far you can support them and work with them. And so they don't have unrealistic expectations of the service and of you. The financial counselling industry is also regulated by ASIC and with that we are exempt from holding a licence but we must adhere to some really important conditions. We can't charge a fee for service, we can't engage in credit activity where we might receive remuneration and the service must ensure that each financial counsellor has undertaken appropriate training to have the skills and knowledge and is a member of their state association. Adhering to boundaries is also very crucial to the professional indemnity insurance your organisation will have. If you step outside those boundaries, you may not be covered. And this is extremely important to keep in mind and to ensure that you follow the policies and procedures of your organisation. Thanks, Robin. Uh, lots there to, to think about. I was struck by something you said right off the bat there around that it's the financial council's responsibility to set those boundaries. I think that's something really important, especially for our new FCs to hear mm -hmm. um, that that's, you know, it, it's in our court. In the sense. That's right. Yeah. Uh, what are some of the challenges of working within boundaries, Robin? And then on the flip side, I guess, what are the rewards? Yes. Well, look, people that present to financial counselling are generally worried. They can feel anxious and upset and all that is quite understandable, of course. 
This is quite normal and some of the stories that you hear will be very, very sad. This can sometimes pull at a financial counsellor's heartstrings. We know that people that you know come into these roles are kind and caring and very keen to help people. At times, it might be tempting though to help someone in an area beyond their role, beyond their scope or expertise. A financial counsellor must be very aware of their limitations and refer to other professionals when that's needed. Also, when in stress, people can sometimes be a little bit demanding and even a little bit manipulative in trying to get what they want. So I encourage you to be really confident in understanding your role and the processes working for your organisation. The rewards for a financial counsellor is that they feel safe and secure in their role. They feel well supported by their employer. They're confident of the no-go areas and are feeling pushed or coerced by a community member, they'll feel really confident to explain why they can assist with and what they can't. And another tip, it's always good to share this information from a service perspective. So instead of sort of talking about it, of coming from what you can do and using I, I can do this or I can't do that for you, to talk about it coming from the organisation you work with. So for example, a, at coming to ABC Financial Counselling Service, we can support you in these ways. Mm, mm, that's really, that's really helpful. Robin, I love that that feeling of of safety and mm. and support and confidence. I love that that comes from working within boundaries and remembering that we work within that organisation and and the responsibilities there. That's a, mm -hmm. that's a really good pickup. I'd love. I mean, you've obviously got lots of experience, Robin, but I'd love <laughs> to hear just one uh, one story, I guess, where this issue of boundaries arose with a client and and what did you learn through that? Yes, well, fortunately, this doesn't arise very often, but um, it, it it certainly can. One scenario, I suppose I remember from quite a few years ago, was working with a financial counsellor who went ahead and lent a community member quite a bit of money. It was just over $500, so quite a significant amount. And they had agreed uh, with the community member with to an informal arrangement to pay it back and the financial counsellor did this out of the goodness of her heart in hearing the difficult domestic violence circumstances that the client was in and the stress and vulnerability uh, that she was feeling at the time that they were talking together However, this was inappropriate on so many levels and for everyone involved. The risk, the agency, the ongoing expectations of the client and the unprofessional relationship dynamics forming between the client and the financial counsellor. So even though she had um, proceeded to do that out of the goodness of her heart, it was really going over boundaries in quite a big way. Mm. And what do you, what did you think, um, what were the lessons, I guess, from that, Robin? Like what? I think it always comes back to talking to a third party, and this is usually through mm -hmm. supervision. You will learn to have 
a gut feeling, I suppose, or red flags that might arise if someone shares something with you that really connects with your emotions or to just sort of check in with your supervisor as to how you're feeling you can support that person in the best way. So that's what we would always recommend if something a little bit different comes up for you. So to be in tune with yourself, your own judgments and feelings when you're sitting in there with a client and to also sort of be aware of red flags as well. So that's why supervision is always so critical for all of us, no matter the experience where you you're new into the industry or 10 years down the track, you always go back and have that third party discussion with your supervisor and that will really help to keep you on track. Mm, mm, that's so good. Uh, Robin, yeah, you support obviously a team of financial counsellors in your role as, as practice specialist now at Moneycare. Are there other issues that you've noticed? Um, yeah, both for new and experienced financial counsellors when it comes to boundaries? Yes, yes. And look, that's a good point that you say, Jono, that this is actually about inexperienced people and experience too. Mm. So you've always got to be aware of this, not just at the beginning and particularly on this topic, boundaries. So again, look, the caring and kind nature of the people that come into this industry of financial counsellors is generally what leads them to overstep boundaries, I would say. As mentioned previously, the stories we hear can just be heartbreaking. We have to be very careful that the client does not see us as their personal therapist or social worker or saviour in any way. That relationship connection still stays professional. You have to work professionally with people, just as perhaps you might expect if you went to see a financial planner. But you also have to have the same, you have to have the relational, you have to have the holistic, and you have to have, have the empathy as you would expect from a counsellor. So there's, it's quite um, a complex way of working and delivering uh, financial counselling in our industry. Financial counsellors can sometimes get a little too attached to their clients in that they may see them as their clients. You start to see it as your caseload, they're your clients. But in reality, the clients actually belong to the service you work for. On the other hand, um, experienced financial counsellors, they may have challenges around the fact that you know, over time, they would have gained an enormous amount of general knowledge. For example, they may have attended conferences, professional development opportunities where legal information is shared. But this information is only for their background and understanding. It is definitely not for them to pass on to a client. So we're not lawyers. And again, we must always stay within the boundaries of our roles. Mm. So interesting. And I, and I would add to that, Robin, people come to financial counselling often with, you know, a set of background skills and knowledge, and it can be, that can be where the temptation might lie to go into those areas where you as the financial counsellor uh, might be an expert, but we need to have our role, our financial counselling role boundary to work within that. That's exactly right, Jono. People do come from varying backgrounds that connect with financial counselling. So it might be banking, it might be mm. accountancy, it might be financial planning, it might be counselling. 
but you're not a specialist in that role and you always have to remember actually the position, the title position that you're now in with this organisation. So mm. that background information may be um, interesting and helpful, but it's not the role that you now have um, to be able to share that specifically. You, you just couldn't possibly keep up with the amount of training that you would need um, mm. as well. So, mm. yeah. No, it's very well put, and I, I love the way you say that it can be, especially for new FCs, it's the caring and kind nature that yes. actually can get us into trouble. Yes. Um, I think that's, <laughs> yeah, that's 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 a great tip. And speaking of tips, Robin, I want to close uh, today's little chat by hearing from you your best tip or tips for, for new financial counsellors uh, for working within boundaries. In some ways, I think trainees work very safely and in a, in a very safe space. And they tend to naturally be cautious. They have a really strong desire to learn and actively listen to more experienced workers and spend time observing other caseworkers in a session. They're usually not too keen to work solo, um, nor do they feel that they, they know it all. So they're very open and transparent and that really supports them to work safely. My suggestion would be to become really familiar with your organisation's policies and procedures. Take the time to, to read them at the beginning when you start and refresh yourself with them. Reread them fairly regularly if, if you can as the years go by. We often look at processes when we join in an organisation and we never look at them again. And whenever I've been involved with a, a client issue or perhaps a complaint, it's not unusual to see someone just has stepped outside of those parameters of their role. Or perhaps they haven't been quite thorough in the work that they've been doing with the person. Working in what we call the power of slow, particularly at that first information gathering session, is going to support you to be very thorough. And also consider demands or expectations from clients very carefully. Don't rush things. Listen to your red flags or your gut feeling and you will develop a gut feeling. Don't, so don't feel you have to resolve problems straight away. Take your time to consider the presenting issues and discuss these with your supervisor if needed. That saying that you may have heard, you don't know what you don't know, is particularly true in your early days. The first couple of years of obtaining a qualification is a particularly steep learning curve and it takes some time to fully understand the ramifications of some issues that people present with. So regular supervision, mentoring and coaching is an absolute must. Ensure you have access to someone daily um, or after you've seen each client, whatever you might need extra as a trainee, and be proactive in talking about that with your manager. Oh, so good. Thanks, Robin. It's, it's wonderful to hear your wisdom in this area, and I love the support role that you, you play at MoneyCare and the support you offer there, and I thank you for sharing a little bit of that with us today. So thanks for coming. Thank you, Jono. Thank you for having me.